Welcome to the week 16 episode of the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. This is, as usual, the waiver wire show, and boy, are we in the thick of things. And of course, we start off the playoffs with some massive injuries, some massive news, a lot of players we're going to talk about. So let's just dive right in. Mario, how was your first round in the playoffs? Did you have as bad of a week as I did? Oh, my goodness. Sadly, uh, Callan, I did. I did have a bad week. Normally, I don't check. I would find out on Tuesday morning, but all of my friends, um, I've won both both my big leagues. Uh, I won them last year, not a brag, just a fact. But so let's just say like all of my buddies in both leagues were chomping at the bit to just let me know how poorly my matchups were going. Um, so I am officially out. The biggest heartbreak is um, one league, which I don't care as much about. Uh, I put up 191.56. I lost 191.78. And of course, you know, 191 beats everybody else by 30 plus points. It's just, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It always seems to work out that way. You have your best week ever and it's just someone else had a slightly better week. Or in most cases, you could have a very, very poor week. And the guy who had a very poor week just happens to skate right past you. So it's (laughs) one of those crazy things. It's the annoying part about fantasy football. And, you know, we're at this point now in the season where, there's a lot of intriguing names, a lot of excitement. Like I said, a lot of injuries. So let's get right into it. We're going to start off at the running back position. We'll start off with the obvious news that came out of uh, Saturday's game. Besides the Colts blowing a 33-point lead, uh, Jonathan Taylor is now likely out for the season, it sounds like. So you're going to need to find a replacement. We'll get into some of his potential replacement options in just a moment, but I do believe there is a guy who you would put higher in terms of priorities. So Mario, who's your top pro- running back priority for this coming week? Yeah. And you would think it may be one of the guys in the backfield. Uh, and I'll talk about which one I like more in Indy's backfield, but I am still worried about there being a little bit of a share. So I'm going to actually shift to someone else. And that's going to be Tyler Algier uh, of Atlanta. And you may be saying, well, he's also kind of in a timeshare. Um, he had just as many, snaps as Cordell Patterson this past week, but he's actually outsnapped Patterson three of the last five weeks. Uh, Algier, of course, is coming off the best game of his career, where he had 17 attempts for 139 yards and a rushing touchdown. The reason why I like Algier is just when you have that rookie quarterback, uh, just kind of where they're just, you know, seeing what they can do. The Falcons are already the the most run heavy team in the league. Um, They kind of have been all year. So I kind of like this shift. So it's just like you're having the running back on one of the most run heavy teams with a rookie quarterback. So you kind of know there's going to be a lot of just running the ball, right? Um, so he's my number one. They're playing the the Baltimore Ravens next week, who, you know, I know everybody thinks the Ravens are one of those better teams against uh, the run, but they're kind of just fine this year. Um, so I really like Algier going forward. I think he has the potential to be, you know, if you lost anybody through injury or just whatever, I like Algier a lot. Yeah, I think he's a very intriguing ad. We actually saw last week the tide started to shift where while Cordell Patterson still was in for most more snaps, only one more, so nothing too crazy. Tyler Algier actually had the higher percentage of the rushing share, and with good reason. Like you said, he had a career high in terms of rushing yards, throw 131 yards, had his best game of his career, and we've kind of been waiting on this breakout. We were all kind of hoping that... Um, Late into the season, we'd see him kind of take that step forward. He was kind of a guy in a lot of my leagues I was taking a late round, late round flyer on as a potential breakout. Now, by week 16, it may, it may be happening. A matchup with Baltimore, it's you know nothing great, but it's nothing terrible. They're kind of middle of the pack in terms of the matchup against running backs. But for the rest of the way, you, like you said, go for a rookie quarterback on a run-first team, and a guy who's getting, at the very least, 
half of the carries and maybe even a bit more down the stretch. I think there's a lot to like with Algier, and I'm definitely prioritizing him this week. 100% agree. He's my number one. Uh, but now shifting to that Indianapolis backfield that we were talking about. So there's two guys, both of them from what I'm seeing is their own 2% Yahoo, 1% ESPN. So it just is which one are we going to blow, you know, any remaining fab, the highest waiver pick. Uh, and I'd love to get your thoughts. But for me, I'm leaning towards Zach Moss. Uh, Zach Moss had 24 rushing attempts this past week uh, to compare to Deion Jackson's 13%. Deion Jackson does get a little bit more of that receiving work. He got the receiving touchdown, um, and I think his day was kind of saved by it. But Zach Moss, he seems like he's going to be the bell cow. He's going to be the one that has the majority of the carries. And um, with them facing, I have to see what they're facing next week. But all that to say, uh, I'm, le- I'm liking Zach Moss in this backfield. Yeah, I'm still, I think I would still slightly lean Deion Jackson just from what we have saw in the past, but I think Zach Moss is a very fine. It's going to be kind of like that Cordell Patterson and Tyler Algier point, like we just talked about just a second ago, where you can start both of them from this point forward. So while I may prefer Deion Jackson just because we've seen it from him at this point, but the numbers do point towards Zach Moss's way. He had more higher percentage of the rushing share. The target share is pretty equal. So maybe it's just a little biased of a, from what we've seen. The matchup is great. We're playing the Los Angeles Chargers next week, and their mm. defense has not been good at all yeah they kind of shut down derrick henry a bit this past week but you know, i'm not sure exactly how much i'm uh i'm buying it so i think at this point in the season while you're sitting at four and ten and as bad as the colts are you look towards the future you kind of know you're going to be run first there's no reason not to try and see what these guys have and if they can be a part of your team in 2023 so i think a team that we've kind of seen has been run first down the stretch of the season i would also they're both high priorities. Why I may prefer Jackson slightly. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's, it's close, but I, neither of them are good fallback options. I'm not going to complain if you go either way. Yeah, you could. that's like kind of a good thing to feel, right? Where it's like you can put in the waiver for both, and that way if you miss out on one, you could get the other. Um, and the Chargers, I just looked it up. They're actually allowed the fourth most points um, to a running backs in the entire league. So very juicy matchup next week. Yes, great matchup for all your positions, but especially for this show's purposes, the running back <laughs> position. Now, another name is a former Colt who, I've got to say, he continues to get on the radar, and I, I don't... It's crazy to say he's only 6% rostered in ESPN, but that is Marlon Mack. He's finished as a top 13 running back each of the past two weeks. He's had a touchdown each of the past two weeks. He didn't have the, the a big share to rushing percentage, but he continues to get results. He only had 14% of the rush share and 29% of the snaps, but he finished with another touchdown. Another. So am I missing something with Marlon Mack? Last week at 37 rushing yards and touchdown. Am I missing something on Marlon Mack? I mean, or how, what are we feeling about this because of how productive he's been, even with a limited amount of snaps? Even with the little amount of, of snaps is he's making the most of it. Like, so for instance, he also had four targets. He brought in all four of them for 26 yards. Uh, believe it or not, he finished one. Yeah, we mentioned it, but he finished running back 12 last week. And it doesn't matter how they do it. This kind of reminds you of Jamal Williams earlier in the year mm-hmm. where it's like, listen, uh, I don't know why I'm trusting the second string Detroit Lions running back but he just keeps finding the end zone. He just keeps finishing as a top 10, a top 15 guy. Marlon Mack is kind of giving me those same vibes where it's, he's not getting the volume, but he just seems like he's making the most of his opportunities. So Marlon Mack, definitely lower than my other two uh, um, 
lower than Algier and the Colts backfield. But you can't argue with the results. If you can consistently get top 10, you know, top 12, top 13, two weeks in a row. And granted, before that, he had two uh, finishes where he finished in the 60s. But you just can't argue with the results. And let's see who he faces next week. Faces the Rams next week, who um, I know Aaron Donald looks in like he's going to be shut down. That's You'd love to see that going against the Rams. Yeah, especially if Aaron Donald out, it's uh... – it's going to be an interesting matchup. We're recording this as we speak right now. The Packers and Rams have just kicked off, so we don't know if they're proving whether or not they're still a good or bad run defense, but we know how the Rams are at this point. They're nothing uh, nothing to be too scared about. So, yeah, I'm still going to be hesitant because, like you said, the results are there, but the outside numbers don't show as much. And, you know, with no buys, you probably have enough running backs where you don't need him. But if you're in a pinch at this late in the season, the results are there, so I, I can get it. Although he's probably he's lower my priority. He'd probably be fourth or maybe even fifth compared to the, the next guy we're going to wrap up the running back segment with. But it's interesting to monitor, and especially with Denver, who we've been talking about as a timeshare all season. We don't know who the lead guy is. Marlon Max poking his head into the picture, and we've talked about timeshares all throughout the show, that you can have two relevant running backs. So maybe Marlon Mack uh, joins in there with Latavius Murray. He could be, he could be. But yeah, so we have one more talking about this guy we say for last just because he is a little bit above the threshold, uh, 53% Yahoo, 47 in ESPN, so he makes it there. Uh, but that's James Cook. Uh, James Cook is someone we've talked about in the past. We've mentioned that you want to have the running back of this high-powered Bills offense. It just happens that's normally Josh Allen, and it kind of still is Josh Allen. Uh, but James Cook, top 24 finish in two of the last three weeks. He's facing the Bears next week, who allowed the eighth most points against running backs this season. So another juicy matchup. Um, like I said, he may already be scooped up in your league, but if not, I think he's the one I'd probably like the most of the bunch. Yeah, if James Cook's still out there, like I said, he's right around that border. He's 47% rostered, so play the Bears, like I said, eighth most points against running backs. Great matchup. He's getting a lot of targets. He's starting to usurp uh, Devin Singletary in terms of uh, usage these past couple weeks. So I'm fully in 10% target share. That's a 7% target share. It's it's something worth noting, and it's something I want to have at this point, especially in a matchup against the Bears. So he's probably the top priority in terms of plays for this week. I might put Tyler Algier ahead for long term, just because I kind of think that has a bit more upside because I'm still think. Devin Singletary may get more involved than Cordell Patterson, but it's close. But they're both great. James Cook's right up there for this weekend. I think he's definitely a name to add in terms of the high priority if he's still sitting out there. But we wanted to start off with some of the lower rostered guys just as a, since we're at this point in week 16. Definitely. So let's over let's shift over to the wide receiver position. I'm going to get this guy right out of the way because he's still, in terms of Yahoo, right close to that threshold at 55%. But Zay Jones... We don't have to say too much more. We've been talking about him all season. Last week, he had a huge breakout game. He has three touchdowns. If he's still out there in your leagues, you better go get him because he is well, the tough matchup against the Jets this coming week on Thursday, a juicy matchup in Week 17 against the uh, T- Houston Texans, and then the Tennessee Titans in Week number 18. Great matchups for your fantasy championship that you want to have at this point. So, Zay Jones, go get him. We're going to move on. So, in terms of people who aren't <laughs> Very widely, uh, widely owned that you can get from this week. Who is your top wide receiver? Again, there's not too many names for this week. They don't have the injuries like we had at the running back position. But if you're still looking for a wide receiver to fill in, who is are you trying to trying to look for? 
So, yep, I got two guys. I got one guy that is a little bit closer to the threshold, not quite Zay Jones numbers, and one guy who is an absolute diamond in the rough. So I'm going to start with the one who is closer to the Zay Jones numbers. So 49% rostered in Yahoo, 46% in ESPN, but that's Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks obviously suffered that concussion uh, two weeks back against Philadelphia. Um, but I'm just saying, I'm getting kind of vibes or I'm remembering when Mixon had his concussion. He missed two weeks and then he was back in the action. Traylon Burks was really starting to emerge um, those weeks before he got injured. For instance, week 11 against Green Bay, he finishes a top 12 wide receiver. He, of course, got that touchdown against Philadelphia um, very early on. I want to say first quarter, second at the latest. Um, so it seems like he's trending in the right direction. He's got a couple good matchups coming up. Uh, he has Houston, uh, which you like. Dallas, maybe not as much, but either way, he's someone who just has, he has the talent. We've seen it from a lot of these rookies, especially the rookie running backs and wide receivers. They're just explosive. Um, I like, I like Traylon Burks a lot if he's healthy, but again, scoop him up. Yeah. I'm very, very in on that. Just because like you said, there is that competition in terms of who the number one target is. We all are big fans about Shigo Conquo and we're going to be talking about him in a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> but when Traylon Burks come out, he has the first-round capital. He's that guy they drafted to replace A.J. Brown. There's no reason that he doesn't step right in. When the Titans need to have these games, they're sitting right on that border of a playoff team. They're sitting at 7-7, still leading their division. But the Jaguars are nipping on their heels, and mm-hmm. they can definitely catch up to them. So they're going to need to get some production out of Traylon Burks. And so I'm fully in on that. I think that if he's still sitting out there, you may not have him this week. I still, you know, you have to keep an eye on it. You might be picking up for basically week 17 and 18. But if he's out there, that match with Houston, you can probably plug him right back in because after Oconquo, mm-hmm. there are plenty of targets to go around in this offense, especially when you're going to play Dallas uh, within two weeks when you're going to have to keep up with Dallas because they're a very, very good offense. We know that. So who's yeah. the other wide receiver? We talked about Traylon Burks and, if you need someone for this week as well, do you have any other names which you're looking for? Yeah, so this one, this one goes out to all my locket managers out there. I'm feeling your pain. Uh, so I'm going to say Marquis Goodwin. He's rostered 3% Yahoo, 1% in ESPN, so more than likely available. But with Lockett expected to miss time, I'm looking at, God, at Goodwin to kind of pick it up the pace. He finished wide receiver 10 uh, week 14, so very recent. He had a good performance. And this week he's facing Kansas City, which actually allows the fifth most points against wide receivers. Teams know they need to sling it to keep up with Kansas City. We've already seen uh, Geno and Seattle sling it and look good all year doing it. Lockett has been an incredible wide receiver. I want to say he's top 20. I'll have to double check and confirm. But so anytime you can have someone just slot in and replace it, I imagine Metcalf is going to be the number one while uh Lockett is out but Goodwin is just going to definitely have some value and if your waivers are thin this guy like I said three percent and one percent so there's a good chance he's available yeah the targets are going to have to be spread out Tyler Lockett we know is a huge part of that offense was the same target share as DK Metcalf it was a very potent one-two punch we're not expecting to beat Tyler Lockett but those targets have to go somewhere and they're not exactly being used as much as I would have expected to be tight end position we saw after he left out. Noah Fant was still kind of involved, but Marquise Goodwin was right up there in terms of equal uh, percent of the targets. So I could see Goodwin jumping into that two spot with Noah Fant close behind him, but I, I definitely like the call for Goodwin. And that match against Kansas City, like you said, it's you got to throw to keep up with them, and that means you have a lot of targets it. to go fully their way. And I think Goodwin's going uh, to be a huge beneficiary for that. So I do like that call, especially if you're trying to fill in for... Um, 
for Lockett and have find that sort of diamond in the rough at this point in the season. Lockett, by the way, wide receiver eight on the year. So better than I gave him credit for. Those targets need to go somewhere. I know that's sometimes a crazy uh, mentality, but you know, this late in the season, I think you just take what you can get. Exactly. I, like I completely agree. And we just mentioned Noah Fan. I'll open up the tight end position as just a hey, monitor him. There's better names, but you know, he had fifteen percent targets, a little less than fifteen percent. They're losing Tyler Lockett, so he can also be beneficiary from uh, targets. So if you need a tight end for this, for the rest of the season, while or at least while Lockett's out, I think Noah Fan could be an interesting beneficiary. But there are better names, so I'll let you kick it off with probably our favorite name to say on the show at this point uh, for our favorite <laughs> tight end streamer for this week or possibly the rest of the season. So where are you looking uh, moving forward at tight end? Yeah, so I like Chig Okonkwo. Uh, we mentioned him last week. We even mentioned him a little bit earlier in this show, but he's the Titans tight end. Uh, so this is the second week in a row we're mentioning him. But so last week he had five targets, brought in four of them for 54 yards. He faces Houston this week. We've kind of just been like picking the teams going against Houston. Uh, seems like mm-hmm. a theme of this episode. But yes, uh, I mean, especially where we're uncertain about the health of Traylon Burks. I'll say if Burks is healthy, maybe a little bit of a tick against Onkonkwo. But I'm still just a really big fan of him, especially where tight end is just an absolute cesspool. You're just trying to throw a dart at unless you have Travis Kelsey. Aconquo is someone I'm really high on out of all tight ends. So the fact that he's available on waivers, I can I wouldn't be surprised if he has top 10 finishes from here on out. I wouldn't disagree with you at all. Like you said, even when Traylon Burks come out, they're going to have to find a number two target. After In terms of wide receiver, outside of that... You know, 15% for Robert Woods, that doesn't exactly scare me to go away from Chico Conquo. We saw early in the season Austin Hooper had that uh, you know, intrigue as a streaming candidate. So I don't see why Chico Conquo can't just stay in that role, especially as he's having this emergence. So he's definitely number one. I would completely agree. It's not just for this week. I think rest of the season he could be, like you said, a top 10 tight end, top 12 tight end that you're leaning on for the fantasy playoffs, and you may finally find your, your guy. So still widely available. I think with the amount of times we said his name on this show, and I know we mentioned him on the start sit show when I subbed in for Ryan this past week, he's going to get towards that threshold. Maybe by week 17, we won't have to mention him too many more times. So go get Oconquo. We talked about it so many times, but they're playing the Houston Texans. You play anybody <laughs> when you play the Houston Texans. Even those, I know it's mostly a running back matchup thing, but I think he has almost a tight sh- touchdown guarantee at this point. So I'm fully, I'm fully in on that. I think that Oconquo... You heard it here you know, first. If, if I have to bet, if I have to make a bet on someone to score a touchdown, I'm going to bet on someone who's playing the Titans. Just a, uh, <laughs> just our next week is playing against the Texans. So I'm not going to do anything crazy. But another guy you can almost guarantee a touchdown at this point because he's averaging he's averaging a touchdown per game over the past four weeks. It's Juwan Johnson of the New Orleans Saints. Last week he had a sort of career day when he had two touchdowns on six targets, 67 yards and four receptions. Two, like I said, two touchdowns. He's getting a lot of work. He had a huge target share of almost over 30% of the targets. Are we buying into this Juwan Johnson thing? Where do you start, put him in terms of comparing him to Oconquo or uh, moving forward? I'll say Juwan Johnson is he, he's a touchdown or he's a not guy. I mean, that's the thing. If, if there's someone who only has value on the touchdowns, I truly think he's a boomer bust. But this is the second time we're mentioning him. I remember mentioning him a few weeks back. Like I'm just looking at his finishes. Um, earlier in the season week week nine he finished tight end eight week 10 finished four week 11 he finished tight end six and that was all again based on his touchdowns week seven he finished tight end two he had two touchdowns there 
And of course, any week you get a touchdown as a tight end, you'll probably finish top 10. But for whatever reason, he just seems to have the nose. If he was uh, Taysom Hill, we'd be talking about him tenfold. We'd be saying, how can you not roster Taysom Hill just for this touchdown upside? It's just that we still haven't caught on to Juwan Johnson hype. I think if you don't have a better option, if you're going into some tough matchups, maybe you're the David versus the Goliath. You, I, I like Juwan Johnson as someone who, you know, you just hope for that touchdown upside, and then all of a sudden you have a top eight tight end for the week. A lot of times you mentioned, like say, that tight end position is you just hope for be tight end if you can, or it's touchdown. And if you have someone you can almost guarantee at this point to get a touchdown, I think there's a lot to like outside of Chris Olave. We have no idea where these targets are going in New Orleans, and. Not to Kamara. I also think I also think we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, not Kamara. Jeez, that's been a that's been a disaster. Pick. True suing, yeah. <laughs> it, it shouldn't be Andy Dalton throwing these targets. But that's a completely different story. I'm still amazed <laughs> that he's still out there. But hey, he's likely gonna be starting. They're playing the Cleveland yeah. Browns, which is another matchup that doesn't exactly scare you in terms of uh, defenses. So I um, I definitely think that Juwan Johnson's a good streamer this week. I would put a Conquo ahead of him, but uh, if you need mm. someone desperate. And you have to, you know, you're really debating it. You got to wait until a couple of days before Sunday or excuse me, Saturday to make picks. And I guess that should remind you, get your lineup set. We have 10 games on Christmas Eve on Saturday this week. So make sure you have your lineups really ready to go a day early this week because you're going to be having most of your matchups be, take place on Saturday. And knowing how a lot of people do it, it's a Sunday morning, wake up and set your lineups. Don't forget that this is Saturday this week. So uh, that's a good kind of segue as a reminder to myself and to all of you too. Uh, make sure you have your lineup set Thursday, Friday, so you don't have to wake up on Christmas Eve or worry about setting your lineups. But we'll take we'll take one more look at the quarterback position in terms of streamers. We might not be as uh, crazy in terms of streamers the rest of the way, just because we're starting to get healthy. It sounds like Lamar Jackson will be back. We'll see what the status is for Kyler Murray next week. But if we don't have those, you still need someone the rest of the way. Do you have anybody you're looking at streaming? I know we'll have the article going into a bit more deeper names, but do you have any a top term uh, quarterback you're looking to stream at this point? Yeah, uh, I have just one, um, and he is a little high for this show, but 59% Yahoo, 58% ESPN. Uh, but that's Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. He's surprisingly, this was surprising to me at least, but he is quarterback 10 on the year. Um, he's facing Minnesota this week, which is an incredible matchup. They've actually allowed the fourth most points to opposing quarterbacks this season. Uh, after that, he's facing Indianapolis in week 17. He does play the Eagles in week 18. So if you are a league that has two, um, you know, two weeks for your finals, you know, you may have to find someone else for week 18. But, uh, but speaking of the Eagles, maybe you have Jalen Hurts and he's kind of brought you oh, to yeah. his promised land. Yeah. He's looking to miss some time. I think Murray is actually out for the year. So if you had Murray getting you this far, um, Jared Goff is someone who I'm a very yeah. big fan of, but he's been playing. I, I'm not a fan of him on the road, and he actually has another road matchup coming up. So that's a, something that I'm a little hesitant on. So Daniel Jones, like I said, just under 60%, so high for this show. But if he's available, I really like him going forward. Yeah, I'll throw Jared Goff out there for a little bit more excitement. He's 47% rostered in ESPN. And you look at the next two weeks, Carolina and Chicago. Love not, Chicago. Bad, not good Not good defense. A home match against Chicago. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about him for or a week from now. But if you want to get ahead of the game, if you have a, you know, a quarterback you stream, or even have an open bench spot and you want to be streaming quarterbacks, go get look for Jared Goff for this next coming 
this next coming week in Chicago. But even on the road against Carolina, I'm not as worried, it seems, as you are. I would be willing to fire him up. Maybe not ahead of Daniel Jones, but they're right up there neck and neck with each other. And the fact that he has that great matchup in Week 17 might push him slightly ahead. But So I'm, I'm yeah. definitely on Jared Goff and this rejuvenated Detroit Lions who are, shy, are fighting for a playoff berth. Words I didn't yeah. know I'd really say, but they're looking really, really good. So I'm, I'm in on Jared Goff the rest of the way. So him and Daniel Jones, great streamers the rest of the for this coming week. And we'll do the same for the defense position. If you're looking to play someone this week, I know that's always a t- very tough, tough, um, a tough position to play against uh, or tough position to stream just because we don't have the locked in guy. But who's a couple defenses you're looking at for your week 16 matchups? Is there any, uh, you know, team that we're picking up on picking up again always yeah so you mentioned uh it can be tough to to find one to stream i think this is gonna be a tough game to watch but i like both defenses in it and that is the matchup on christmas day broncos rams this one you have to imagine you know like in the preseason we're talking about how amazing this matchup is going to be the super bowl defending champions the russell wilson led broncos this game's gonna stink uh may possibly backup quarterbacks for both teams but at least from the ram side i know baker has been kind of electric and fun again that game's got it going on right now so we'll, we'll see how good he is doing but i i have faith in the broncos defense and then coming from uh the ram side is i'm not sure if russell wilson will be uh, will be healthy uh and i mean the broncos offense just kind of stinks like they don't score more than 17 points a game they always hit the under so either defense on this side in this match uh, I like. Yeah, Brett Ripien, I it sounds like Russell Wilson will be back, but either way, like you said, that Broncos offense is not something to be afraid of. You're I think that's a great, great call as well. And even Baker Mayfield, yes, he had a great NFC player to week performance in week 14 on Thursday night against the Raiders. But I think he's going to come back to earth. Like I said, we're recording this now. So if he goes off for 400 yards against the Packers, ignore us. But I'm going to be willing to <laughs> I bet. I like our chances. Um, I yeah. like our chances to not have that worried about. But um, so I think those are great defenses. As we talked about last week, the Broncos having a great schedule moving forward. So I think both of those are very intriguing streamers um, for, for this coming coming week. And I'll throw the Tennessee Titans out there as well. Kind of like we have been talking about, you pick on the Houston Texans. The Titans have that match against the Texans. So if you need someone, if you're desperate, uh, I know the Titans have kind of been a defense we haven't been too afraid of. But when you play... Uh, when you play the Texans, you enter the conversation. So I think if you're desperate and you really need someone, the Titans wouldn't be a bad follow-up, fallback option. 100% agree. Um, I like them as well. So that's actually going to do it. Like I said, we're at this point in the season where you're not as active in terms of the waivers. But hey, you have some names that are going to be looking at. You may have just lost Jonathan Taylor, although if you had Jonathan Taylor, give me some advice. I'm wondering how you made the playoffs or made it to the second round with Jonathan Taylor because that was a, a rough season as someone who had him in a few leagues. But hey, if you need some more, uh, if you need some more, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame you. So anything else you want to wrap up in terms of uh, you know to continue playoff advice as we head into the second round or the second round of your two week playoffs? Oh my goodness. Remember to hydrate folks. Uh, but no, seriously, you made the the great advice is to just making sure that you have your lineup set the Saturday football. It throws me off. Um, I wasn't going to save my, my team this week, but definitely make sure you're just checking your lineups early. Uh, oh, and be- definitely stay active on the waivers right now. Like there's a lot of times where I'll look at my team and I'm going to use Alan Lazard as an example, even though his game's going on. So we could have a great 
uh, performance tonight. But someone like him, where I've seen enough of him going into this season, he's the type of player I would drop for Traylon Burks, whether he's healthy or not, just to have him stashed. I would drop him for Marquise Goodwin just because the upside, like I know what Lazard's going to be bringing to the table, but Goodwin could be kind of anything. So I'll say now is the time where don't be afraid to just drop players you've seen enough of and you know you're not starting anyways. Um, that's my number one piece of advice. He could be anything. He could be Alan Lazard. But, <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, it, it is good advice. You want to look at those sort of players that you're not starting at this point and try and bank on a little bit more upside as we get to get to the playoffs. It's a, something that's worth mentioning. And I'll mention one more time the reminder of the Saturday games. There is a lot going on. And, you know, we're in the holiday season. You're your focus may slip as you are focusing on last minute gifts or anything like that. So just a reminder, make sure you have your lineup set on Thursday or Friday, on Thursday night, Friday night, something like that, or even Saturday morning as we have 10 games going on on Saturday as well as three days on three games on Sunday and a game on Monday. So it's gonna be a long weekend of football. Your matchup's going to really going to last long, but make sure you take advice. Make sure you find us on, uh, on Twitter, on the discord. If you need any particular, uh, uh, single start set advice or we'll have our reddit thread on i believe it's on thursday morning so post in there our staff will be happy to discuss and answer any start set question you have moving forward but before we wrap on up since it is the holiday season we did this in terms of ha- of halloween with the candy drafts or thanksgiving with the thanksgiving Ooh. draft do you have a 101 for uh in terms of holiday music if you're, if you're looking for waiver priority what is your 101 uh oh, holiday song uh, Carolyn LaBelle's always gets the crowd rocking, but I'm a big fan of uh, Paul McCartney is simply having, there's mm. just something about it. And I like any, like any Beatles, like true Beatles fan I've like talked to always says like that song stinks, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's one of my all timers is Paul McCartney. I mean, it's just, it's just catchy. It's a bop. As a guy who's from New Jersey, you have an affinity for Bruce Springsteen. So Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is coming to town is a one that gets played pretty much every year. So that would probably be my one 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 that I'm always, always listening and uh, always playing at some point. Here's another question is if you are in a um, uh, not a secret Santa, but the um, like a white elephant kind of thing, like that, that kind of um, gift exchange where you pick a number, I'm forgetting the other name of it, but what oh, okay, kind yeah. of... Yeah, what kind of gift do you bring to something like the Yankee swap? Like, what kind of gift yeah. do you bring to something like that? Do you bring, like, a gag gift? Do you try to, like, do, like, a neutral gift? Like, what is your strategy? I try and go for a neutral gift. I saw the gag gift. I actually had a uh, holiday party for work um, a week or two ago. So we had a white elephant. And one of the gifts, the one I gift, was very neutral. It was a, a bottle of an alcohol, which I thought that everyone enjoy, and turns out I got it myself. So I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> one of the gifts which was taken, which was picked first, and no one wanted, was a gag gift, which probably wouldn't be the most appropriate to say on the air of a show. <laughs> it was funny. It was it was not anything like too inappropriate, but it was a good good joking gift and something that made everyone everybody laugh. But I would rather not have Eric or anybody try and tell me that this shouldn't be said on the podcast. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you all off air. If you want, if you really want to know, come find me on Twitter. I can give you a bit more details but it, it was fun it was got a lot of laughs in the office and uh, it was for a good time so yeah i'm definitely a more neutral neutral guy i'd rather find something that we can all enjoy than something that would give oh, some there laughs we there we go and scratch tickets always are hit too yeah That's scratch tickets always i'm i'm very unlucky though i only I think most of everyone was like five bucks but <laughs> and then yeah. finally in terms of a uh, priority your favorite holiday movie. I'm just thinking about that with songs. What's your go-to holiday movie around this time of year? 
Oh my goodness. That's a great question. That one, maybe it's just because I have had to watch it so many times these past few weeks, but that has just been the Muppets uh, Christmas Carol. <laughs> um, it is just my, my fiance's favorite. And so it has become my favorite because I've seen it enough times where it is now my favorite. So uh, <laughs> there it is. The Muppets Jim Henson gets my vote. You know, if I, I could have put maybe 50 holiday movies, I'm not sure that one would have been uh, brought up as a guest. So <laughs> that, I was not expecting that. I, that's the nice thing about doing the show. But for me, it's Elf. I'm, I'll be classic. And mm. Elf, Will Ferrell makes me laugh every year. I used to watch it with my brother and sister almost every year up to this point. So um, always for a good laugh. Will Ferrell is one of my favorite actors just in general. So the fact that you have a famous holiday movie. Want to always make me laugh. That and Home Alone is a Home Alone. I was just thinking Home Alone. Home Alone two for me though. Home Alone two. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I know the that. classics, the class, the number ones, like the OG is the OG for a reason. But something about the Lost in New York. Maybe it's because I'm living in New York, but it just uh, pulls on my heartstrings extra there. You know, someone just had a hot take in the Discord about Home Alone two being better than Home Alone. It might have even been uh, Matt Cava, one of our writers, if I'm remembering right. I maybe. agree with it's, him. And uh, it, it got a little disc, a little discourse uh, with some people on our staff. So um, nothing too crazy. But I, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, that sounds like a, a hot take. And it definitely generated some some conversation. So I wouldn't go that far, but but two is, is still solid. I'll give it that. <laughs> But, yeah. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the QB List Fantasy Football Podcast. Best of luck in terms of your your playoff matchups this week. Good luck with your playoff matchups. And if we don't speak to you beforehand, I hope everyone has a great and safe holiday season for those who are celebrating during the weekend or those who are still are celebrating at this moment. Hope your holidays are great. Hope you guys get stuff that's worth it. Give stuff that's worth it. And most importantly, in terms of us, Get yourself another fantasy football victory. So best of luck this week. Feel free to hit us out on Discord or Twitter if you have any questions. And we'll talk to you next week. That's right. Happy holidays. Peace.